You know what day of the week it is, Jimmy? It's a Tuesday. Is it? I think so. Well, I hope to the, so. To the viewers, it's a Friday. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be enjoying myself much more on Friday than I am on this Tuesday. It has been a very, very long week of this short three days. It's a long, it's, it's the penance that you have to pay for a long weekend. I get Memorial Day off, you get Memorial Day off. I so didn't know you got Memorial Day off. I figured that out just a little bit before I got over here. So We're making cannolis. Yeah, we're making cannolis. I got to learn how to make a cannoli. Yeah. Oh. oh. I don't even know where the button went. Oh. It's on the desk. Uh, you want to grab it? Yeah, sure. Just pause it. No, just I'll talk while you yeah. go grab it. So, it's been a very eventful week for us. Um, what did you, what even did we do? We had a grad party, and now we're about to have uh, Ed's graduation. And shout out to Dom, because he is officially 21. And now he can legally drink. And I say legally more like it's a Mexican joke, but you guys don't really... It's not that your parents don't allow them to drink. It's more of they don't really care to. I've never seen Dom drink once. Ever. And Ed refuses every single drink that he's ever offered. Even the Anaset. So. That's the lawyer in him. He probably thinks somebody's going to spike it. I plead the fifth. Oh, hearsay. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, so let's just start off with part of our crazy week. Uh, we mentioned it on the last episode, but we went to Luke Combs. So let's let's make this like a a, a three trunk episode. Number one being the cluster F of Luke Combs. I put F, so I censored it. Why are you censoring yourself? I don't know. I thought we already said one F word. That was on a different a different time. Oh. We also haven't said who we are, by the way. I'm Jimmy. I'm... I couldn't think of a joke. I'm Bree. Rainwater. I am running spirit. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh! Yeah. I need to put... Uh, too bad this doesn't have mul- multiple buttons, because I could put one that says, Oh, and one that says, like... Oops. And one that says, like, Cancelled! And then we still need the one that goes... Arr! Yeah, we can get a goal. We need an avalanche goal horn. That Maybe I should one. just get three buttons. And I'll just have them all labeled and put them all in my lap at the beginning of each one. So I could slam on all of them. Yeah, like that. Did you see the uh, you see the dogs that communicate through the buttons on the floor? Yeah. Have you seen the one that says, take a shot? And then mom says no, and then it goes, bitch. <laughs> no. Um this is the Are We All Right podcast, episode 18. And That's uh, not my age again. No. no. I was going to say, I don't know why the first thought in my head was, that's my age. I'm not 18. I am very much 23 now. What's my age again? What's my age again? Okay, he's just judging me. So anyway, um, Luke Holmes... Let's let's just get into it because oh my god it was a eventful day. Um, let's preface this with when we got onto the light rail, which we will be talking about light rails. Trust and believe we will. But we went into the day sitting on the light rail talking about let's make a bet. So um, Thursday, this Thursday, we're going out to the bar to celebrate Dom's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, his first time out legally drinking. 
and uh we couldn't find a good time to actually carry out the bets at the concert because we could not find decent beer which we'll get into but here's the bets okay so we bet was he or was he not going to wear a broncos jersey because in morgan wallen at his concert hardy put on a bronco jersey for the fans for the fans and then um did he or did he not sing ice cold beer Mm -hmm. so jimmy lost the first one Mm -hmm. Because he bet that he was going to wear a jersey and he didn't. Well, he's a fat guy. He needed his his sweatshirt on the entire he time. He was cold. He was a little chilly. And then he didn't want his he didn't want his nipples to show. Probably probably a good choice. Hey, he's the, got a wife that's eight months pregnant, so true. somebody likes him. And then he sang. He did sing "Ice Cold Beer." I lost that one because I didn't think he was going to. Because Jimmy made a set list for the first one, for Morgan Wallen. <coughs> Ow. And it was pretty accurate. So he made a set list for this concert for Luke Combs. And it was actually still was pretty accurate. There was like two songs that either weren't in there or were like out of order. There were surprise songs too. Yeah. But so basically we both lost. And the original bet was because we were going to go to the bar before we went to the concert. So I said, okay, Jimmy, you'll, if you lose a bet, you have to take a pickle shot. And if I lose a bet... I have to take a shot of something, and I was like, well, I can manage beer, though, but I'd prefer not to. What am I supposed to take a shot of? And he's like, whiskey. So, when we go to the Denver bar on Thursday, I think that's when I want to carry it out. Hmm. You don't have to do a pickle shot, but I'm going to make you do a shot of something of my choice, and I'll do a shot of whiskey. The only thing that was at the bar that we ended up going to, which was at more of a tequilaria than... A bar was tequila. What'd you call it? A tequilaria. Tequilaria. I don't know. Is that not a thing? Did I just invent <gasps> something? Oh! Am I canceled? Yes, you're canceled. Oh, jeez. So, it anyway. Sneaks up on you. Getting canceled sneaks up on you. I saw a TikTok of a comedian who, uh, he was making a, a political joke, and he was talking to, like, two people he thought were Democrats in the crowd, and he was like... Oh, go home, you two Democrats. It's a joke. It's a joke. And then he's walking back to the crowd and, or to the stage and he's like, you know, you just got canceled. You come out of cancellation. And you get sent right back in. That's how it is. <laughs> it does. Sometimes it reoccurs. Okay. So anyway, we started the day by going to the bar. We all met at the bar and um, it was very interesting. I agree with Spencer. All those little dolls that they had, like all, ugh, I, I don't do dolls. They did have it's a lot creepy. of Dia de los Muertos skeletons, though. Well, that's fine, but not the dolls. Yeah. Creepy. Porcelain dolls. It w- and it was dark. It was like. It wouldn't have been my first choice to, as a place to go to. They turned the lights off on us. I would have gone to more of a, a Western style theme bar, but we also had a lot of people and it was very busy. It was a, yeah, there was mm-hmm. a Rockies game the same day of the concert. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of people downtown. But when the lady was taking the drink orders, she was like, and what do you want? And Jimmy goes, um, can I have two Coronas? And the hoe bag thought that one of them was mine. So she just skipped right over me, didn't even make contact with my eyeballs and just walked away. It's like, oh, okay. And me being the non-confrontational person I am, Jimmy's like, just let me say something. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need it. 
So this is I yeah, did not drink. This at is the where bar. we find conflict with each other because she will do, stand up if somebody forgets something for me. She will stand up and basically slap you in the face. But when it is actually for her, she thinks that it's it's too much to do, so she won't allow anybody to deal with it. Yeah, the dumb waitress at a uh, brewery bar. She like barely spoke any English, and Jimmy asked for cheese fries. Well, she comes back with our food and brings him a bowl of cheese. And he's like, don't don't say anything. Please don't say anything. And I was like, why? It's a bowl of... How do you get that wrong? A bowl of cheese, cheese fries. How do you get that wrong at all? So she comes back, asks how the food is, and I, I'm like, immediately, I make eye contact with him. I'm like, uh, he wanted cheese fries, Papa not, a, not con a bowl queso. of cheese. Papa oh, con queso. okay, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Uh, I Somebody's going to fucking tell him that you wanted mashed potatoes and you didn't get them. Well... That would probably wouldn't be my order, would it? No. But anyway, so, okay, we started off at the bar. Jimmy and I left the group early because we were all the way up in the fives. Um, we w- This one's at the, the Empower Field, just so everyone knows, if you didn't listen to last week. This one is at the stadium because it's a stadium tour, and we were the first stop. But, um, yes, we got nosebleeds because they were cheap, and... Uh, it took five ever to get upstairs. When we got to the stadium, oh my dear God. So let's just go with sequence of events of this night. So we left early. We get to the stadium. And our first thought was we need to go find the merch stand. So we start walking down. And we come around the corner. We see the merch. And there's a line. We keep walking down. Oh my God, the line's still going. We keep walking down. Oh my God. Where's the end of the line? I am not even, like, shitting you guys. There was maybe, like, a hundred people in this line, and, and it was rough. There was a lot. Of, there was... You were able to go to the bathroom and then also go get us a beer while we were standing in line, and I think I moved maybe three steps. I did. We alternated uh, jobs. So when he stood in line, yes, I went to the bathroom. I got us two beers because I wanted the... Com- commemorative yep. cups the and then um i swapped him i stood in line and then he got a refill on our beers and then we stood in line for like five ever we were just talking and watching the first opener uh, morgan almost, wade and you almost got into a fight with a lady in the merch line that was later though oh, okay. so we start getting closer and i see the stand and I'm not sure if we talked about it before, but Jimmy's family has a stand there. And they sell not hot dogs. I can't say it. That, hot dogs. That was really awful. Hot dogs. Embarrassing. Okay. Hot dogs. They sell sausage and meatballs. Sausage and meatballs. Okay. I'm, I hate it here. <laughs> um, I can't do an Italian accent to save my life. It's not in my vocabulary. But uh, we start getting closer and I see the sign. This was when you were actually standing to get us refills, actually. And I called your dad, and I was like, what's their stand's name? He goes, um, oh, what is it called? Uncle Angelo's. Oh, Angelo's. Yeah, he said, I think it's Uncle Angelo's. It's like, hmm, there's a stand here that says Angelo's, only Angelo's. But there's a guy standing there, and I don't think that's Uncle Pat. And he's like, yeah, I don't think that they get spots for the concerts just for the games. And I was like, oh. (coughs) Okay, so I hang up on your dad, 
and we get even closer and then I see Danny in the corner of my eye and I'm like oh my god and so I like abandoned Jimmy and I ran over there to say hi um we got free we got some free meatballs and you tried to you tried your meatballs and peppers for the first time meatballs and peppers I did that was the first time I had peppers with my with my meatball you know if we were were to order any sandwich in uh New Jersey that's how they would come just they always have the banana peppers hey, you want some peppers right Anything comes with some peppers. I I don't know if I necessarily am like in love with the combo, but I like them individually. So it that's why little, I was picking yeah. them off and eating them because it's like pickles. Yeah, they but are. like not quite. They're like tangy pickles. I love them, but individually, if that makes sense. I wouldn't want them in my meatball sandwich, but obviously I'm still gonna eat it because they're still good and I like them both. They're just interesting together. I wonder if you'll like the cannolis because we put peppers in I know. The your mom was too. saying that they put them in there. I don't really care. I mean, I'm going to eat it no matter what. I didn't hate it. Like like I said, I love both just individually. I don't know if I... They're like a weird, tingy combo. Your dog's eating my dog's ear. Kinky. He's just looking at me like... It's like uh, um, Layla and Rocky. Mm-hmm. That's what he was doing. Maybe he's picking up. God, we're so off track. Okay, so we start getting closer. We say hi to Danny. Say hi to Pat. We got some free sandwiches. Um, And then this is where we were getting mad because that was not organized whatsoever. They didn't have a rope. They didn't have lines. Everyone was just like, it was like a freaking free-for-all. Anybody could have gone around the giant horde and just like snuck their way into the line without actually being in the long line that we waited an hour in. And when I say an hour, we're not exaggerating because Jimmy counted every minute. We waited an hour. So... You make me sound like I'm OCD. (laughs) It's one minute. We've been in line for two minutes. No. So, um, once we start getting closer, I'm just making friends with random people. So, I'm just talking to them because you can hear everyone's conversation. So, we're talking to the girls around us and stuff. And we're all complaining about the line and why people are just like cutting in line and blah, blah, blah. Well, the once we start getting really close, these dumb hoes on the left of me, two blonde hoes, were like literally fighting with me shoulder to shoulder. Like they would, she would make a point to put her shoulder in front of mine. And I was like, bitch, the guy is right there to my right. No matter what happens, as we funnel closer and closer, I am always going to be the one closer to the guy. You are not. You are on the outside of the line, like of the funneling line. I don't know what to say to you. I'm going to win this. I'm Mexican and I'm a bitch, so I don't know what else to say to you. So I'm being passive aggressive and making sure to like be like I'm straight up almost grinding on this woman's ass in front of me because I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, you're not gonna cut in front of me. And um first of all, it's another story because the two black ladies in front of us also somehow magically got in front of us when they were behind us. So fuck them too. So I start getting closer. And uh, I eventually just, I looked at Jimmy and I said, they're going to be in front of us no matter what, the two black ladies. There, there wasn't another way. They already made their way in front of us. So I let that one slide. I'm fighting the blonde ladies next to me. And the black ladies finish checking out. They get their shirts. They leave. I hurry and rush up to the table, set my cup down, and I'm just ready. I'm waiting my turn for him to, to help me. And the second that I freaking stand up there and set my cup down, she goes, uh, seriously? I was about ready to turn around and be like, yeah, bitch, you want to fight about it? So. I'm, lo- I'm 
I probably would have instigated you, so it was a good thing I had to go run to the bathroom while you got up to the front of the line. Oh my god, yeah, and Jimmy abandoned me because he was like, I, did not I have to pee you. so bad. And I was like, You pumped me full of beers. Are you feeling it? Yeah. I didn't pump you full of beers. You had two beers at the bar, and then you had two beers. Oh, so listen to this. I'm a beer drinker now, viewers. Um, not really, but we were standing in line and that was the only thing they had because out of the stands that I saw, they didn't have the canned seltzers that I actually like. They didn't have Truly and they didn't have the, (coughs) the mic's hard. So I was like, all right then, guess we're going for beer. And I only knew that I would like the, like, well, I keep saying like, I would tolerate the beer because we went on that, the beer tour in, at Coors. So I figured, well, they have Bud Light. And they have Budweiser. I'll just drink the Bud Light because it's more like water. And I could probably get it down easier. I'm pretty sure... I mean, they didn't label it. So when I brought him back to Jimmy, he didn't know which one was which. So each time I was just like, alright, cheers, go! And we'd just start chugging it. But you're a you're a little wimp. And he's like, okay, I, I could... It's fine. I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. And then two steps forward. I gotta pee so bad! Okay, well then tell me what freaking shirt you want. Give me your card. I'll buy the shirt for you. Leave. So he abandoned me in the line. Um, she threw me out of line. Because he was going to pee his pants. I said that I was fine. You did. He was not going to be fine. You did throw me out of line. Nobody listened to him. He's not going to be fine. So he left the line. I got my shirts. And we bought a literal army's worth of shirts. I got two for myself. One for Dom. One for Roxy. One for Jimmy. And a keychain. So I can understand why the people behind me were mad, but I also didn't give a crap anymore because I waited all that time. I was going to get what I wanted. Um, I left with like six shirts in my arms. And by the end of the night, with me holding onto those shirts for dear life, oh my God, my arm is still sore. I don't know why you held on. Those meant a lot to you because you did guard them like they were your precious. I went through a lot for them. Nobody's going to take away my $40 t-shirt per shirt. Yeah, $40 per shirt. Yeah. And I bought two of them because they were cool. One has a fish. (laughs) Okay, so next. So we get our shirts. We start walking up. Well, we have to walk like freaking 10 sections down just to even get to the dang ramp. And once we get to the ramp, it wasn't that bad. All the people like kind of cleared out once you got to the ramp. So we're walking all the way up and it was a straight up like trek. And it was not. Oh, fun. my God. Yeah. Five levels. So we you get got to see all old the way Mile to the High top. Stadium, though. Yeah, I did. So we got all the way to the top. And oh, my God, it was like World War Three. There was like 50 million people on our level. It's like, holy crap. You could like could not walk anywhere. Like there was lines everywhere. And then it was like Frogger where in between the lines where people are standing for the food and the drink stands and stuff. There's one line going one direction and one line going the other way, just cutting in between people in the lines. So Jimmy and I are holding hands and we're not next to each other. We're like, he's behind me and we're just trailing, following everyone, trying to get through. It was absolutely ridiculous. I have not been around that many people in my life. Yeah, it probably was a shock for you being in a small town. That was like levels of a very big bronco game i've never been around that many people that high up in the concourse normally that's where you go to get away from everybody but everybody seemed like they were up there and then yeah. we had the we found the one beer stand and all they had was the <laughs> stupid ipa yes on the way to so we finally found um well 
Okay, yeah, we'll, st- we'll go with that. There's too many thoughts in my bee brain. So we finally found our section, and I told Jimmy, well, let's just get drinks by our section because this is ridiculous and it's going to be awful standing <coughs> in line. So, yes, the nearest thing was not... It was like a pop-up stand. It was the the BB, the... What's that brewery called? Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah, the Breckenridge Brewery. It was like a pop-up stand with two, like, spout dispensers and, like, a little tiny, tiny mini fridge across from our section. So I sent Jimmy away to go see, okay, what side of 131 do we need to go into? 531. Whatever, yeah. See if the seats are higher in numbers on this side or if we have to go around to the other side. So while he left to go check on the seats, um, I'm standing in line to get the beer and he finally gets back to me, and all they had was, uh, oh, I don't even remember what their it two taps IPA. were. No, they had two taps, and I didn't want them. It was Bud, White, Bud Light. Oh, well, in hindsight, we should have gotten that. But in my head, I was thinking, I don't want the cups, because I have a feeling I'm going to spill it. Uh, spill. I'm going to spill it all over the place, so we should probably get cans. Well, they had a tiny, tiny fridge with a bunch of these cans that looked colorful. And in my head, I thought, oh, it's probably fruity or something. It'll be great. No, it was IPA. Um, We took a chance. We rolled the dice. We came, we saw, and we did not conquer because it was absolute trash. It left, like, the worst, like, burning mouth taste ever. The only good thing was that I was able to fit all of the cans in my pockets. And shout out to that woman for not opening the cans. Yes, she didn't. Oh, hey, we don't talk about her. She didn't open our cans. Uh, if you've never been to a sports game or a sports event or a concert or anything in the arenas or the stadium, uh, they have to open your cans. I don't know if it's a legal thing, but... It's so it, that they they know that you're, you're not, not distributing. Yeah. So they have to open every single one of your cans, and they have a two-limit rule. So I got two, he got two. Usually what they do, like when we go to the ball arena, because we actually have been there a lot now together, they crack open both of ours and for me i don't care because mine goes flat and i don't really like carbonation so it's fine for me but jimmy's beer goes flat but anyway okay so we're setting the scene again so we get our beers finally for the love of god we get to our section and holy shit you still have another hike so we get up to the we go through our section we look up oh god it it was like what i imagine the incline to be like jesus christ it was so steep like the steps were tiny tiny like half my foot and we're walking up there i'm not even drunk i have not had like nearly enough for that shit because by the time we walked up the five levels and then me panicking trying to get through all the people i completely lost whatever buzz i had standing in that stupid hour-long line with the two beers so i was like dead stone sober and in my head i'm just freaking out because i'm like Oh my god, I'm going to fall backwards. Oh my god, I'm going to fall backwards. It was terrifying. So I'm grabbing onto the rail, praying to God that this lady would stop freaking, like, not walking in front of me because she kept on walking up a few stairs and stop. Walking up, stop. It's like the equivalent of slamming on your brakes. So, finally, we get to our seats, we sit down, and we're both just like, ugh. Oh, by the way, while all of this is happening, I'm trying to actively avoid watching the avalanche game because i had it recorded and i didn't want to know the outcome which is in hindsight was dumb because i could have streamed it on my phone we could have just watched while we were waiting for luke to get on stage yeah everybody was posting twitter pictures of them watching it while they were watching the concert yeah i know i did it old school but 
I I was also that was also thrown into the equation. That's why when we sat down, it was such a big exhale because that was that was a lot of things that was going on. So, uh, my name is Brian. I'm your tour guide today because I'm gonna do most of the talking today. I just I'm going on rants about everything so i'll just guide us through it was your first time having a concert at that i feel bad because i'm just taking over the podcast Uh. i have a lot to say but anyway so the concert itself was good um my only complaint i don't don't even know if i would no yeah it's kind of a slight complaint i didn't know that they were all headliners I don't want it to sound like I'm just, only just complaining about it. Just Cody Johnson and Luke were the headliners. No, because they counted Morgan Wade as a headliner. She was just a she was a feature act. Anyway, um, she still got an hour set. No, she didn't. So, yes, she did. No, she was she, on the was whole entire time we stood in that line. No, there was a guy on before her. There was an opener. Oh. She was the feature. And then Cody Johnson and Luke Combs are basically co-headliners. So after the hour of the two starters and then an hour of Cody Johnson, we didn't even start Luke Combs. The concert was supposed to start at 6. The Luke Combs did not come on stage until 8 o'clock. 8. And listen, I don't, I don't know. It, I feel like by the time he got on, it was like, oh, my God. It, now is the concert? We just had a concert. I'm starting to get a little sleepy. Yeah, literally. And that walk. I just sang my face off for Cody Johnson, and now I got to start it all over with you. The walk that we had to the bar, and then back to the light rail, and then from the light rail to the stadium, and then all the way up the stadium, and then standing in the line. Yeah. By the time we did all of that, it was like, holy shit. I could use a nap. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have a nap. Yeah, I'd have a nap, or I need a lot more alcohols and beers. Yeah, and by the time we got the IPA, I think Jimmy and I both looked at each other. Because I asked him, well, let's just go. Let's just go get something else. He goes, I am not moving. I said, okay. I will suffer. Me either. Well, I tried. I took one sip. I was like, here, look, I could get through it. I took one sip, and I was like, the aftertaste, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even do, like, a shot of it. The aftertaste was that bad. It made me want to gag. People who drink IPAs drink it for that taste. They love that bitterness. Jimmy didn't even finish the beers either. I think we were both mainly just sober for the whole concert, which was shocking. I thought I'd be drunk for the concert. Well, you too. Yeah. But uh, I also expected to be. But So the concert itself was really good, though. Um, Luke Combs was great. Uh, Cody Johnson got political. It was a little sketch. Mr. Texan man uh, trying to make a fucking rally over here. Um, Luke Combs shotgunned a beer and also was drinking other stuff and like threw it into the crowd not gonna lie um if i had a beer like thrown at me and fucked up my hair i would have been a little mad but maybe that's why that person threw he's that got can such back a lovable face that's why that person threw the can back on the stage he was like my hair oh my god do you think he shotgunned the whole thing or do you think no. he left some in it uh no did you see how much spray it had no i wasn't I didn't pay it was a lot. There's no way. He probably drank like half of that and was like, yeah, fuck it. Whip. But, um, whip, whip, whip. It was a really good concert. So now I want to talk about um, the differences between the two. I will still say I think I like the ball arena better because it's enclosed. It was hard to be that far away 
Mm. And honestly, though, I don't think it was because we were far away. I think they were just having issues with the sound. The sound wasn't as good. Because any time that they even switched to Cody Johnson or even to like when Luke was switching to his band members, God, the microphones just kept going up, down, up, down. I'm just complaining a lot, and I don't mean to. I'm. I don't want it to sound like I didn't have a good time. I really did. I've more. I'm just pointing out. You think you what had, I've noticing. You had a better time at Morgan Wallen than you did at Luke Combs. Only because it was enclosed and it was so loud, and you can hear everyone singing. I thought it would be a lot louder with three times the people. Mm. Did did it or did it not seem like everyone was a little bit low energy? Yeah, the thing about the ball arena is you get the echo. It wasn't. So yeah. I don't know if they were louder at ball arena, but the echo was louder. At, I think at maybe that's just the difference. I was expecting it to be like Morgan Wallen, and it wasn't. Well, I've never been to a concert at an amphitheater, but the whole point of the way that things are set up in a football field wouldn't necessarily be set up for that. Yeah, it would be set up for more echoing. having the sound go up and out. Yeah. So. But it was absolutely ridiculous of how many people were there. That was crazy just to see. It was kind of ridiculous how many open seats there were even just around us. Yeah, that's true. And then down in that one section right behind where the merch stand was on the field too. Yeah. There was basically a whole section that was cleared out. But um, we did the wave. You did the, the wave. The whole, yeah, Jimmy didn't want to participate. The whole top level of the fives around the whole entire stadium. Oh, I hit the O button. The fives did the did the wave cuz we were waiting for Luke Combs to come on. So I don't we do were the wave starting the wave. Avalanche playoff hockey. Oh, whatever. We were starting the wave. And then uh they would like cheer it to keep going around cuz people were still catching on and uh they were like no every time it died down. I'm not even joking, you guys. They did the wave about like 10 times like jimmy and i watched them do it 10 times trying to get it to the other end and the last two sections were still just being little sourpusses and not doing it so we did it 10 times well yeah and it was also because they took a lot of time in between johnson and luke combs oh my god yeah uh, he must have really been putting on that hoodie <laughs> maybe he, maybe he was <laughs> facetiming his wife who wasn't there that, I'm giving that could him also so much be, shit that could also be something I loved the concert, okay, but let me just let me just state make it was a statement. The worst pre and post concert. Yes, ever. it was just a lot in the beginning for me personally because I'm not a big crowd person and I thought the ball arena gets bad. Whew, that was a little a little rough on on the old Bree brain. The good times were when we were in our seats and yes. that's it. We're <laughs> moving down to to See, the See now who's a pessimist. I, everybody knew we we had already talked about this with the people who asked. It was so ridiculous we couldn't yeah. get on the one train, and then oh, we'll talk about that in a second. They too. keep having other lines come, and you're like, I just want to go home. Yeah, it's maybe I get on this train and it'll go to a certain stop, and I could switch over because we could have done that, but I don't trust myself enough. To yeah, it was really really rough. It was, yeah. The concert itself was great, and then it was rough, and then. Um, while we were preparing for the concert, we knew it was going to be cold. Um, we go, uh, I go over to Jimmy's house and I have all of my stuff prepared. I brought a beanie, gloves, an extra shirt to put on underneath, a, a jacket. And I looked at him and said, it's 45 degrees outside and I'm hot right now. I don't think I'm going to wear anything, but I'll bring my gloves. You think I'll be fine? You said you're bringing bringing your gloves and your beanie. 
and you brought not your beanie. And then we had a blanket in the back, and I didn't bring that either because I said, no, I don't want to lug it around. You also but carried around a shirt. Listen, listen. Can you imagine how much I would have had in my arms holding on to the six shirts I had in one arm and then having the blanket in the other? Yeah, you would have had a lot to carry, but also what happened when we sat down in our seats? I threw it under the chair and it proceeded to get covered in beer. No, I was talking about when you put on my jacket because it was cold. You're like, oh, the sun went down and it we is getting a little chilly. We don't know about that. It's getting a little chilly. I don't know whose jacket you're talking about. I was in five different layers plus long johns underneath my jeans, so I was in a good spot. Yeah, Jimmy was like, just put on the damn jacket. Like, okay. Yeah. I once was again, warm. If it's something for her, she fights it tooth and nail. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Yes way, Jose. I'm a caregiving personality. And what you, I'm a caregiver for everybody except myself. Yeah. So now let's talk light rail. Let's talk the ride home because Jesus Christ. So it took us forever to get down the stairs, obviously. We finally make it down. It's like, you know what it reminded me of going down the ramps, the five levels? Mm-hmm. Freaking Titanic. That's what I imagined Titanic was like. I don't know. It was not fun. Yeah. It's almost probably it's probably a blessing that we didn't get drunk because that was not a Ooh. fun situation. There, everybody was hammered, and everybody was doing and their smoking. own thing. Jesus yeah. Lord! It was basically a Snoop Dogg concert. Um, there was a lot that could have gone wrong if we yeah. were not. The fact that we were both pretty much sober the entire time, I think, was <laughs> the only reason we were able to make it home when we did. By the way, we got home at I got home at one ten in the morning. You got home at like one thirty. Yeah, because I had to drive home after. Yeah, so... So, light rail. We get out of the frickin' stadium, finally. And then, we ha- this is the bad thing about the um, the football inst- versus the ball arena. How far it is away from the light rail station. So, we're walking. If you've ever gone to the mile high, and then you have to walk all the way to the light rail, holy crap, is it a trek. Yeah. It really is. It's probably about three quarters of a mile. So, we're walking all the way over there. And I wrote in my notes, wheelchair man. Did you not see that dude in the wheelchair? Oh I my was god! Say, I'm glad listen, that you okay, too. listen, viewers. So he's—it's this dumb old man, and he wasn't really that old. He was like maybe sixties, but he's in a wheelchair, and he's like rolling his way through the crowd, and he keeps hitting people's ankles. And you can literally look at them and see them get mad and be like, "Ow, ow! Oh, that hurt so freaking bad." Yeah, that would hurt. He's not even like. He's not, he doesn't have lights. He's not like honking at people. He's not using his freaking words. I don't know if he was mute. If he is, I'm sorry. But he wasn't doing anything to like warn people. How are they going to see you? They don't have mirrors. We're not in cars. So he's rolling up on people, like smacking into them and then making a big old fuss every time that they turn around and make him stop. So there were a few people that straight up grabbed him on the back and were just, like, pushing him up the hills. He got stuck in a couple spots. <laughs> yeah, on the train tracks he yeah. did. I It was... I thought that that was going to break down into a fight. I've seen the worst For of real. humanity at that light rail station. After Garth Brooks, I saw a dad, like... It was very clear that the mom and, and the kid did not want to be around him because he was very gr- aggressive and... The person I was with tried to go and, and get in an altercation with him. I was like, I just I just want to get away from here. This place is sketchy enough. Yeah. Uh, apparently, we, we did the right decision. By the way, we were on the same train 
as Nico going back, by the way. Uh, we were just on complete oh, yeah, opposite sides. Saying. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't see him standing there waiting down the line or something. I think he was at the very front, more towards where we could have walked in, but we went towards the back of the train because, silly me, I thought the back of the train would have a little bit more room. The well, Everybody was in the wrong. Yeah, yeah, we're watching everyone like pack in like sardines, and then this little group of like skinny teenagers were like, "Oh, is it full? Oh, it's not gonna like." Even the conductors were like, "No, it's fucking full. Like, step back." And the lady to the left of me was like a mom. She she was small, but she was a mom. Yeah, and she was like, "Um, "Oh my god, are you kidding? Oh no, it's full. It's full. We can't get on." And it goes. Why? It looks like there's space. So the little teenagers like squeeze in there, making everyone pissed. And that dumb blonde dude was straight up blocking the door. He had to like crunch in there to get that door to close. But the second that the doors closed and that dumb little Canadian girl, she flipped off that mom and that mom was absolutely livid. And she was like, you wouldn't be saying that if you were outside, bitch. Both of them were totally wrong. But yeah. And that conductor lady was standing there like, I'm sure she wouldn't. She said that out loud. I I'm did sure not like, she wouldn't. Everybody that we've met so far that, not met, but everybody that we've seen at the light rail station that's worked for RTD, I don't trust. I would not yeah. trust them with anything. Agreed. They And they have guns. Did you realize that? The officers no. have guns. Yes. The the transit officers that's do awful. have guns. Um I do not. I do not trust them in any kind of crisis situation. I feel like yeah, if something did happen, they would just get out of the way and let everybody like let the weak eat themselves. Yeah, agreed. that's kind of their mentality when you work for RTD. So that was an adventure. And yeah. then we also had the bright idea. It was my idea. Yeah, uh, way to go. Of I already know what you're going to say. The Dry yep. Creek Station. Two so it was stations. A farther. Yeah. Farther. But oh the, my it was God, clo- it was a, a closer mistake. drive to the house. It we get to Bellevue drive. and I'm like, oh, I wish we were at Bellevue. And then, no, still have to go past uh, Arapahoe, freaking Orchard, and finally at Dry Creek. And I'm like, I hate my life. Yeah, well, it wasn't my brightest moment, but I also was committed at that point. I didn't even get food in me. I didn't have alcohol or food in me. We ate before we left. All I had was cheese, Jimmy. And whose fault is that? Because Yours, because I thought we were going to have food. Yeah, oh. You're lactose intolerant. <laughs> Shut up. I thought we were going to have food. We had an understanding, and we made a mutual agreement. Okay, well, then let's just go get McDonald's since we're not leaving our seats. It was okay. one, 1 o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to eat anything anyways. My stomach was so full of gas and was so bloated and I couldn't freaking release the gas because we were around everyone. If I eat that late, I will wake up the next morning and my chest will like be on fire. Good, then you didn't have to eat. Well, All I needed was bread. Could have stopped at the 7-Eleven that was right across the street, I guess. Did you offer that to I me? I did not. Because oh. oh. I also went the wrong way out of the parking garage because yeah, I was he did. so Jimmy disoriented. Got lost. I, not lost. He it was like lost. for two seconds. It totally was for two lost. two seconds. He pulled up Google Maps. He got lost. I'm calling him out because he called me out for my dairy. You called yourself out for your dairy. Shut up. Okay, so that was light rails. What's our timestamp? Uh, 40 minutes. Oh, crap. Okay, some of this is going to have to move to next week. Yeah, I think we'll go. Let's just get Let's through to the... Let's talk about a quick update with... Actually, we don't really have to talk about the abs. Let's just say the, the abs are going strong. Um, I'm not going to jinx anything, but they're... Uh, three to one. Yeah, they're up three one. Yeah, they're three to one. 
Um, we'll talk about the abs on the next episode then, because then we'll be through this round. Um, let's talk about... Okay, would you rather talk about Chris Watt, Johnny versus Amber, or your Mafia member of the week? Mm, I don't know. Do you want to do the Mafia member of the week? Were you interested by that at all? You saw my oh, notes. Yeah. So we have... We're at 40 minutes? Yeah. So we have another 40 minutes. Hour and a half. Do we want to explain what Mafia member of the week is going to be before we, we go into the first one? Go ahead. So she knows that I get a little bit weird on my YouTube rabbit holes, and I've seen more history documentaries and true crime documentaries. I'm, I'm Italian. And I am obsessed with the Mafia and the Sopranos and Goodfellas. So she figured might as well put that useless knowledge to some use. And it's now going to be a segment on the podcast where I will recount a story of real-life Mafia members, real-life organized crime figures. And um, she she can commentate as we go through these. But we're starting. It, it kind of ties into our rewatch of The Sopranos. And see how different the fake mobsters are from the real mobsters. But I figured that we would start at the very beginning. Because what we know as the mafia today wasn't always how organized crime was. So, you want to ask me what the first topic is? What is it? It's the mustache peats. Do you want to know what a mustache peats is? No. Okay. So. So, this has been the... All right. <laughs> oh, yes, tell yeah. me. What are the mustache peats? They represent the older generation of Italian criminals that emigrated. Um, basically, the ones that were born in Italy and started their criminal career and then em- ended up in the U.S. and had some sort of power. That's what you would call a mustache Pete. So there's two main ones. Where that did Pete come from? It was more of a... Who was Pete? There was no actual Pete, the but it OG was more... Pete. The younger generation would be, that was kind of like their cartoons or whatever that they would read because it was the 1910s or 1920s. So Mustache Pete was like a cartoon character. And Mm -hmm. they thought the reason, the difference between the older generation and the young generation where they differed, the older generation, you had to be Sicilian to do business with them. They carried a lot of racism against anybody who wasn't Italian or Sicilian. And the younger generation just wanted to make money and do business with whoever was going to be able to do good business so um the younger generation decided to call the older generation mustache peats because they thought their ways of doing business were cartoonish and outdated so that was where that kind of came in okay okay the two main guys are uh joe the boss masserina masseria not masserina and salvatore maranzano those are the two guys both by the way assassinated by the same person, a guy that your tattoo artist from Pueblo that we went and saw up in Denver, Mm -hmm. one of the guys that he has tattooed on his arm, Lucky Luciano, set up the assassination for both Joe the Boss and Salvatore Maranzano. So, Hmm. yeah. We'll start with Joe the Boss Masseria, who was born in 1887 and lived till 1931. He basically ran all of the Italian rackets in New York City from 1920 to 1931 when he was... When he was killed? Hold on. Okay. He died when he was 44. Yes. Died Continue. when he was 44. Uh, Giuseppe Masseria was an immigrant to New York at the age of 16. He was able to get out of Italy before the start of World War I happened. So he was here uh, was prior World War I. Prior to the 19, I think 1915 oh. is, is prior 
is when he got there. And uh, when he when he came, he was already mixed up with criminal criminal activity in Italy. He was uh, backed by La Cosa Nostra, which is the Sicilian form of the mafia. That when he came with came to America, they brought their syndicate with him. Hmm. So he was kind of the lieutenant that they set up. Would similar to what Britain did with the colonies, where they sent people initially and settled everything down. He was one of the initial guys that the Italians or the Sicilians sent to New York and start holding things down. So he basically runs everything, extortion, uh, murder, burglaries. And over the next 15 years, he builds up enough power and respect that everybody working in New York City, if you were Italian and you had a shop, you were paying a a tribute to Joe Masseria. And if you were any kind of criminal, you had to pay a portion. He, He got a cut of anything that was made on the streets. Um, and I, I learned a little bit more about this actually from when I was watching Boardwalk Empire, but he is, he had, uh, he was Lucky Luciano. He was his mentor pretty much the entire time. Lucky was a criminal up until the point where he was assassinated. He loved Lucky. He didn't like the fact that Lucky liked to do business with Jewish gangsters because one of his best friends, two of his best friends were Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel, who were big in the Jewish mob. So Joe wanted Lucky to just go and work with him and and ditch all of his other friends. That obviously tension wasn't going to go away and there was no reconciling between the two generations. So at that point, Lucky, underneath the new agreement that he had with Siegel and Lansky they sent out a group of people or a group of hitmen that they would call Murder Inc. So the way that this new mafia was going to be set up under Luciano and Lansky was that they were going to have basically a level of enforcement in the government quote unquote of how the mafia was going to run and that would be Murder Inc. So if there was any ever anybody that needed to be killed that was there were designated people basically the soldiers that they were going to send to go do it. Um under the guise of he had just gotten beat up by Salvatore Maranzano's um, thugs, because at this point Joe the Boss and Salvatore are fighting for control over the, the New York City crime rackets, mm-hmm. and Salvatore tried to beat Luciano into being on his side. He takes that. He's disfigured now. He has a big scar on the left side of his face. He goes to eat with Joe the Boss, and Joe thinks that he's finally going to pledge his allegiance to his gang and become his right-hand man and everything like that. The famous story is that Lucky goes, I got to go take a leak. I got to go hit the can. He gets up, goes to the bathroom. All of a sudden, five guys bust in, kill all the bodyguards, and leave Joe Mazzaria face down in his pasta at the restaurant. No, not the pasta. Yeah, bleeding from from all the bullet holes. And I think they left a, a ace playing card at the scene of his murder, too. So at that point... Brutal. Yes. At that point, Joe Masseria no longer had control of anything because you can't control anything when you're a dead guy. And that meant Salvatore Maranzano now would become the boss of all bosses. Salvatore Maranzano was born in 1868, and he died also in 1931. He was 63. He was a little bit older. He also came to America after serving for Italy in World War I. So how I said Masseria got out of it, Maranzano had to fight in the war, so he was actually a little bit more established in 
that sense. And instead of La Cosa Nostra, um, he was backed by the Camorra. And the Camorra, the difference between La Cosa Nostra and the Camorra is where they're from in Italy. No, La Cosa Nostra is Sicilian specifically. And then the Camorra would be in Naples. So where okay. the Sopranos go in Italy would be where the Camorra is. So the Sopranos family has Camorra ties where the family in New York would have La Cosa Nostra ties. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, Maranzano initiates the war with Masseria, recruits Lucky Luciano. They hatch the plot to have Masseria murdered. And at that point, Luciano thinks that he finally has Maranzano's ear and they're going to be able to bring both of their ideals together to where Maranzano can have a little bit more control, basically be the figurehead of all of organized crime. And then they can also do their good business with the non-Italian criminals in the area. Salvatore decides after Masseria is killed, he wants to be the boss of all bosses. Mm -hmm. El jefe, el jefe de jefes, or I, I don't know how to say it in Italian, but that's his proclamation and basically turns his back on Luciano. Not it makes him his right hand man, but basically doesn't do anything that Luciano wanted. Mm -hmm. So they, that doesn't sit well with him. Obviously murder Inc is again incorporated, but this time, uh, Salvatore was actually much more concerned about um, where he was. Salvatore was a little bit more paranoid than Masseria. He didn't think that his power was going to be able to save him, and he knew once he turned his back on Luciano, he basically put a target on his own back. So he had an office in the highest, I think like the Hyatt building, in the very top level, bodyguards on every floor. Nobody got in or out if, unless he knew you were going to be there for him. And Lansky and Luciano kind of prove why they're going to be the next generation and take organized crime in America to a whole different level. And I'm sure I'll do segments like this on both of them. But <clears throat> Luciano and Lansky get five Jewish criminals in Murder, Inc. Why Jewish? They decided that they wanted all of them to be Jewish so that they couldn't. It wouldn't have looked like gang warfare or inner, inner gang squabble if there were no Italians there that killed Salvatore Maranzano okay. was their thought process behind that. Um, they take them in, they train them for six weeks to basically walk, talk and act like IRS agents. Because at this point it was 1931 and during prohibition, the IRS agents um, were the revenue bureau was also the part of the government that would regulate prohibition laws. Mm -hmm. So they trained them to impersonate those officers, got them the fake uniforms, and on sep in September of 1931, those guys storm the building, kill all of the bodyguards. They trap Maranzano in his office, and it had been decided the way Maranzano was to die was to be stabbed because he thought that, in his mind, he was the modern-day Julius Caesar. So Luciano and Marlansky said if he thinks he's Caesar— we will give him the death of Caesar. We should all just totally stab Caesar. Pretty much, pretty much. And they go, they stab Maranzano, but he's not dying. He won't give in to the stab wounds, so they end up... How uh, did he not die from a knife to the heart? He was a fighter. I don't... They get hurt of a bull. Apparent, the records that I've seen, the documentaries that I've watched, they say for whatever reason he wasn't dying quick enough and they thought they were going to attract attention. Maybe so the adrenaline. All five guys 
emptied their guns, all of their bullets, into Maranzano, killing him, ending the war that had been taken onto the streets. And we see Luciano, Meyer Lansky, Bugsy Siegel, and all of the other major crime heads of America come together and form what was known as the syndicate. But basically, instead of one person controlling a territory, it was going to be the leaders of all gangs across all regions. Anybody that was important enough to be called to the meeting had a vote in what was going to happen, but there would be no war, no unsanctioned murder, and it was going to be run by like a Fortune 500 company with different levels of executive status, different people knowing different things. And for a long time, up until the U.S. government and Rudy Giuliani figured out how to use the RICO statutes, Mm -hmm. what Luciano and Lansky built out of the death and murder of the Mustache Pete's was the most lucrative crime organization that has ever existed in the world. And it lasted from 1931-ish all the way through till about 1989, 1990s when... It kind of bottomed out, and the government had a good handle on it. It's like 60 years. It was, a yeah, it was the most lucrative amount of time that a a criminal organization has pretty much been in control of of most of what's going on. Because then you, that organization's what built Las Vegas, that organization built Atlantic City, so... It supplied the drugs, a lot of the drugs that were initially into the U.S. before the Colombians and and the Mexicans got involved. There was a lot of stuff that happened just from the assassination of these two former gangsters. So then you got to, it kind of begged the question, would it be better for, would it have been better for just the mustache peats to stay in power and continue to kill each other instead of having the, the two quote-unquote brilliant minds bring the criminal organization into just a, a totally new stratosphere so when did the many saints of newark take place that would have been in the 60s so this was during it or after wait that before? would have been no, yeah this would have been about 30 years prior to whenever they would have been around interesting that's not that long 30 years no it, it's not and luciano was still pretty much in power during at the, the time movie? yeah he would have been i he... only ask because the reason we even started this bit is because again we're starting the sopranos so i wanted to learn more about italian history since the uh um since we're starting the series over i'm not rushing through it i want to actually pay more attention to detail and whatnot and i just thought it would be interesting to start learning more about the history of the mob. Are you in the mafia? It's a stereotype. And it's Am offensive. I in the what? Um, it's actually, I mean, there's situations in this to where it was reflected in um, The Sopranos, too, where Tony lets Uncle June think that he's really the boss at the end of the first season, mm-hmm. and he's calling the shots. It's the same way that Maranzano... And Masseria tried to fake the other out about, oh, they're really in charge, but it, it, behind closed doors, I'm scheming against you. It's the yeah. same thing that's happened over and over. The one thing, the basically the main reason why the mafia and what was built with Luciano and everybody like that failed was because at the end of the day, these criminals were not motivated by a code of honor like they were supposed to. They were motivated by how much money they could make. And if they got in too much trouble... They had no problem 
talking about somebody else doing something wrong to get time off of their own sentence. Yeah. There was no loyalty or brotherhood like there had been in the, the younger generations in the past. Interesting. So, so yeah. I already forgot. What was the time range of this one? This was uh, basically the nineteen the nineteen twenties to nineteen thirty one. So then who would we talk about next that would like go in sequence of maybe we should do it that way, go in sequence of like power, I guess. Does that make sense? Like go into yeah. who arrives yeah, who's so popular. I think we should go down the line. The next one I'll probably the next few I'll probably Wait, do did profiles. we miss people then since we started at this? No. Is there people before? Or the, can we I start mean, from like this time period and go forward? I started with this because it's basically a pr- the prequel of what the actual American mafia that we would have known. Okay, is. I think I want to do it like that. Let's yeah. go through. So next, the, the next years. few, next few bits that we do like this, it'll be. I'm not going to do it by year. I'll do profiles on the main people. Well, that do you were know what power. I'm? Yeah, no, what I'm, I'm at what least getting saying. at. Like yes. I want it to go through history more. Like it'll basically be going by time period, yeah. but I'll be telling it through different people so next time that i'll do it i'll do luciano specifically and do a profile on him and then after that i'll do a profile on meyer lansky and bugsy siegel because those were the three most powerful at that time and then afterward it was carlo gambino and paul castellano and uh and you know who we're not going to talk about who who did i originally ask about that i thought was a real person um oh my goodness oh no. I'm the godfather. Oh, yeah. Don Vito. <laughs> you thought Vito Corleone was a... I thought the Corleones real were real people, guys. Listen, in my defense, I knew it was a movie. I thought that they were based off of real people, so I wanted to know who the real people were. <laughs> they are. My bad. They are based off of real people, so we but are doing what real. you thought. Yeah, they're not real. But in my head, I mean, Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa, he was a real guy, and he was in The Irishman or something. The Irishman is based off an, uh, on a See? true story. What the heck? I want <laughs> The Godfather is not. Quit confusing me. I'm the not Godfather The Godfather's actually famous because the mafia had a lot of control over how that movie was made and they made them look like they the way they made that movie makes the mafia look like it's actually a really good thing and it's just a necessary Because they take care of you and give you protection. They never call it the mafia. Money. They only call it the family. And it's yeah. the family business. It's not the mob the mob or anything like that. They purposely, like the mafia dons all got a copy of the initial script and took out any word that they didn't want associated with the mafia. Which makes sense. So that's what the Godfather is. And then Goodfellas and Casino and um, Black Mass is another one. They show like the worst side of the organized crime and the mafia stuff. So we won't talk about fake people, but <laughs> we could talk about I guess, we could do a one on Whitey Bulger, Whitey Bulger, and talk about Johnny Depp and Black Mass. Well, we could talk about the the movie characters after because I want to talk about we have to actually watch the Godfathers again. You know who sh- who we shouldn't talk about? Who Bruno? Bruno? Yeah. God, I knew you were gonna say that. You kept setting it up. I had to take the bait. Your own bait. You kept setting it up. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All right. So um, we're cutting this episode short because we have some stuff to do. But um, we, okay, well, by we, I mean me. I tried to pack so much into this episode because I had so much to say. So on the next episode, um, 
which actually kind of works out but the johnny versus amber case is uh, officially ending this friday uh the conclusion will be this friday to determine um what johnny's winnings if any will be mm-hmm. um so that works out so we'll talk about the i'll recap what happened in the final week what the outcome was um we'll probably end up talking about dom's birthday uh ed's graduation congratulations ed happy birthday dom and some uh local real estate ventures that's what the the chris watt stuff is i want to get to yes. that because that we'll is, talk about i want all open with that next week yeah but yeah, sorry, I had too much I was trying to shove into one episode. And then we'll talk about the Avs since they're they're this round hopefully, should be over by then. Hopefully they're on to the next round by this. Yeah. By well, this time. Be hopeful. Knock on wood. Knock, knock, knock. So, with that being said, at um, AWAR Pod on social media, follow uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts. New episodes come out every Friday. I'm Bob. Oh. We should be. We sh- we're also going to be. Ross. We're going to be doing a review of the Bob's Burgers movies at some point too. I hope so. We will be. We will be. But I'm Jimmy, and that's Bree. I'm Bob. And that's Bob. Are there we all right, Bob? You know what? Every time I hear his voice, that voice actor, I keep thinking of stupid, the two unicorns. They took my freaking kidney. Kinda. Yeah. It's a candy mountain, Charlie. Are we all right, Bob? Yeah, sorry. The bees. We are all right. This is Bree signing off. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.